Um, hello. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot what we were doing. Um, <laughs> do you think we should redo that or just keep going? I think we could just keep going. <laughs> okay, well, I forgot... Uh, when I started playing the music, I just got kind of like enraptured in it um, and forgot that I was supposed to, st- to start talking. And then all I could remember was the word hello. So I apologize for that right off the bat. Uh, this is episode 16 of Taekwondo the Shame Chronicles. I'm your host, Kyle. I'm your co-host, Melanie. I'm Josh. And um, this is the, the level of quality that you can expect from our show. Um, the level of uh, preparation uh, that we go through every day. Um, well, I mean, we don't go through the preparation every day, but we do go through it every day that we record. Um, so yeah, this is episode 16. Um, this is, if you're a, if you're a computer programmer or if you have, let's say, um, eight fingers on each hand, um, then this is episode, uh, 0x0f. Um, it's a little bit of, of hexadecimal humor for you. <laughs> it's not really humor. It's just hexadecimal. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I, normally we have like a theme to the show that sort of corresponds to, or corresponds with like whatever the major holiday is that just happened. Um, but as far as I know, there weren't any holidays this weekend. Can you guys think of anything? Uh, hey, what's Memorial Day? That's later, uh, right? Yeah, that's next Monday, I think. It's in it's okay. in eight days. All right. No, then I don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is the the weekend before Memorial Day. That holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, let's not dwell on the fact that the, that this episode isn't special in any way. Um. <laughs> At least not at the beginning. Right. <laughs> uh, so, Melanie and Josh, you guys both, before we started recording, were telling me about um, a thing that your dog does. So you guys want to just start talking about that? Yeah. Josh, do you want to? No, go ahead. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you talk about it, and I'll talk about um, what that meant for me. <laughs> okay. Well, so um, so our dog, Rory... Um, she, I think I've talked a little bit about her peculiar behavior before. Um, she she likes to hoard things, um, usually food related items. And so, uh, when we eat a lot of fast food, for like a stretch, she will just come up and and nab like wrappers and uh, ketchup packets, barbecue packets, ranch dressing packets. Um, all kinds of stuff. And she takes the under the, the bed in our guest bedroom. And uh-huh. basically... Can I, can I stop you for a second before you go yeah. on? Have you guys considered not letting your dog get the fast food garbage that you guys leave well, on your table? Here's the thing. So... No. Um, <laughs> she's sneaky, for one thing. And for another, like, sometimes... Uh, sometimes we'll like throw away the trash, but we'll leave the packets on the table. Um, like if there's extra ketchup packets or something. Can I I ask why? Well, because like, you don't want to throw them away. 
Oh, they're like they're like rollover minutes where you'll use them the next time. Sure, yeah. yeah. So we'll just leave them there, and then she'll she'll come out and grab them while you're not looking. And um, okay. And, so and you also, guys, so you guys save you guys save the like half ounce uh, packages of condiments, and and you have a well, sneaky dog. I, so I'll, I'll let you continue now. Okay. Yes. So um, the other thing she does though is like if you get up to go to the bathroom, like if we both leave the room, but we haven't picked up the trash yet, like we've just we've just eaten dinner, and uh, and we have to go to the bathroom, or somebody calls and we go to the other room for a few minutes. Um, she will the second you leave the room, she will come out and grab whatever is left, and she'll <laughs> sneak it under the bed, and you won't know. <laughs> Unless sometimes she'll grab the entire bag and then you do know, but, um, but yeah, she's really sneaky and she used to just take the ketchup packets outside. So she would like hoard them in the closet or under the bed. And then if we left the door open for her, she would like run outside and bury them. Um, <laughs> but, but lately she's gotten so many different things. We found an entire, uh, an entire like snack size bag of potato chips under the bed. <laughs> don't know where when she got those or where but she got them um and i had a and they uh, weren't even they, it wasn't open either no she just took it under there oh this is a really impressive thing she managed to get um you know the like family size of like goldfish crackers the big carton <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah. it's like a foot tall <laughs> okay so <laughs> I had been having a craving for goldfish crackers, so we bought this giant carton, and basically I was leaving it on the coffee table so that uh, whenever I was hungry, I could just have my snack, and it was already there. Uh-huh. And um, and occasionally, she would come over and beg, and I would give her one. Like, no big deal. But she developed, like, uh, <laughs> she, she developed a craving for these goldfish crackers, and she knew where they came from. And I was pretty good about, like, if we left the house, I would put them back in the kitchen, and the day I forgot to do that, there were like, it was like half the carton was left and she carried that whole thing under the bed. She got it <laughs> off the coffee table. I mean, she's not small, but it's like, it's kind of an awkward thing for a dog to carry in her mouth for one thing. Yeah. Um, so she got it under the bed and she ripped it open and basically was using it as a bottomless snack pile. She would just like eat a yeah. few and like leave it there. Wait. Yeah, she doesn't do that thing where like a dog will eat all the food that's available. She just she like saves some of it. Yeah. She had hardly like eaten half... any of it, I think. Yeah, and <laughs> we knew. I knew because I knew it was supposed to, that I'd left it on the coffee table, so I looked under the bed and I grabbed it and you know, it wasn't a big deal. But Okay, so you guys she... noticed pretty pretty immediately when you got home. Yeah. With that one, yeah, because I mean that's a huge thing to realize. It's missing. It's missing. Yeah. But usually it's just like a little wrapper here or like napkins. She likes used napkins. Well, yeah. Um, what dog doesn't? Right. Um, and all kinds of stuff. And I, actually we have this, um, we have a smoothie place in town. And so we bought one of the like plastic um, smoothie cups so that you can get a discount, you know. And uh-huh. we, we each had gotten one because we've been eating a lot of smoothies lately. And... One day we were going to go get smoothies for lunch and there was like only one cup. Like we could not find the other one. And I thought, well, when we clean, maybe it'll turn up. And sure enough, uh, she had brought that under the bed 
apparently, like, I had set it on the coffee table and after having my smoothie. And <laughs> she knew that there was, like, a little bit of smoothie left in it. And so she, like, I don't know when she got it. I have no idea. But she <laughs> got it and she took it under the bed and she destroyed it. <laughs> trying to get the smoothie, the, like, remaining smoothie out of it. So. Um, this is, a, so, I mean, do Josh, you were the one that was responsible for cleaning this all up then. So so Rory <laughs> had like a yep. spot or a couple of spots where she was hiding food items. Um some of which some of which are self contained, like a ketchup package or a barbecue sauce package or whatever. But some of which uh were sort of like open air containers that used to have food in them. So I guess my question is how gross was it when you found this stuff? <laughs> Actually, uh, it was not that gross. Um, it was a, there was a lot of shredded stuff, shredded wrappers and napkins and papers, but actual food. Um, I think she kept it pretty clean. <laughs> she w- she managed to get all the food. Yeah, if she, if she yeah. opened something, then she would lick that completely clean. Um, but I found like. Uh, some fairly, like, I don't remember where this is from. Uh, there was a ranch dipping thing from some fast food place. And it was pretty, it was pretty large. It was probably like four ounces or something. Um, and that was totally unopened. Uh, there was an entire bag of chips that was unopened. Um, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, as, but actually that's probably just as clean as the rest of the room was. Once you got rid of the paper trash. <laughs> right. Uh, because the rest of the room doesn't just have, like, trash trash all over it. <laughs> right. It was getting to be that way because the nest was, like, expanding out from underneath the bed. <laughs> there was only so much that she could hide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the other day, uh, I... I had I had stepped out out of the room like to go to the bathroom for maybe two minutes, and like while I'm like in the bathroom, I can hear her digging through the trash, like digging through like we had, I, we must have had uh, like Whataburger or some, something that comes in a bag with like handles sometimes, mm-hmm. um, because I was like I could hear her, but I you know I couldn't do anything because I was like in the middle of going to the bathroom. And so I'm like, I'm like, Rory, <laughs> like from the bathroom. And then, uh, I like, when I finished and I ran out there and I caught her with a wrapper in her mouth and the loop of the bag over her nose. She was coming under the coffee table, like with the bag looped on her nose and a piece of trash in her mouth trying to run away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like quite efficient, actually. <laughs> but, uh, if you actually catch her, She's pretty good about, like, stopping and letting you take it from her. She won't, like, make a beeline or whatever. She won't, like, play keep away. No, not usually. No. Yeah, that happened. I, I was actually on my way to the bathroom, and I had closed the door, and then I thought, you know what? I think I left some food out there. And so I turned around, and she was already making her way toward the bedroom with a bag. <laughs> and sometimes uh, if you have, have you've eaten dinner or, or lunch or whatever, and you're sitting there, like sometimes we eat in front of the TV a lot, which is why we don't throw away our trash like immediately. Um, but we were uh, sitting on the couch and I guess uh, the wrapper was like on the edge of the coffee table. And occasionally she is bold enough that she'll run up and grab it 
and run off with you sitting right there. <laughs> but if you yell at her, she'll usually stop. So <laughs> I I just like the fact that she she like the the packages that contain food inside them. Uh, that she doesn't open them. She yeah. doesn't try to like dig in and, and get get what's in the middle. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre behavior. Like we were just sort of joking the other day that like if she was a human, this would be like in, indicative of psychological issues, right? <laughs> like people who like hoard trash and ketchup packets and stuff. But like yeah. I don't know if that's like I don't know what she's thinking. I have no idea why she does that. Well, I mean, it's a it's an instinct for for dogs and I guess most predators to to like bury their food or to save save food for um, you know when when food is not plentiful. So it could just be sort of an extension of that, since you know she's she be. lives inside. I mean, she goes outside occasionally, but you mentioned that she like takes stuff outside to bury them. So she's probably just like temporarily <laughs> hiding stuff. Until yeah. she can get outside and fulfill that uh, that instinct. But you know what's weird about it is she won't eat she won't eat or drink from her bowls while we're gone. She like saves that food too. So she's she's like afraid that that's like maybe all she's gonna get. I guess. But I mean, we feed her regularly. It's not like she's starving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so like um, when we first got Duke, he was. Uh, he wouldn't do anything unless someone was watching him do it. Uh-huh. But I think this happened because, um, like, when he was a puppy, we basically, we did, like, positive reinforcement training. So, like, every uh-huh. every good thing he did, he got praised for. Um, <laughs> so he's waiting for you to praise him? <laughs> I think that's what it was, because, uh, like, he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't eat unless we were home. Um, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't go to the bathroom unless we were, like, physically outside, like, watching him. <laughs> um there was a there was this one uh incident that I remember. I incident that's a stupid word for this, but um basically we when he was teething, we got him these little uh like chewable um not like rawhide, but like it was like harder than harder than food, but not quite as hard as like rawhide or bone. Um these little like sticks that are like supposed to help him with the teething and help clean his teeth and stuff. Right. And so he really liked these things, although they hurt his teeth. Um, they hurt his mouth. He would like, he would bite them and then it would like hurt him a little bit. And then he would like back away, like growling and barking Aww. at it. Um, <laughs> but he liked them so much that he would sort of get through the pain and, uh, and eventually eat them. Um, but, but we got him one of these one time. And we were like, oh, we'll just, uh, we'll just leave it, leave this with him in the house, uh, cause we were like gonna go out to eat or something. And we came back and it was gone. And so we were like, oh, I guess he ate it. I guess he can do stuff while we're not here. And then we sat down <laughs> on the couch to watch TV. And the first thing he does is he gets behind us, gets behind the couch cushions and pulls <laughs> this thing out of the couch <laughs> and then starts eating it. <laughs> Dogs are so weird that way. I don't get it. I mean, not all dogs do that, but it's pretty weird. Well, uh, while we were while I was cleaning out the nest, um, I started outside the bed because, like I said, there was some trash um, in just on the floor of the room. 
And so I'm making my way toward the bed, cleaning up as I'm going. And Rory sort of just lays down on the floor on a pile of uh, some of her shredded stuff. And it's sort of like, you can't get this because I'm laying on it. <laughs> and then, so as I cleaned up under the bed, she started just kind of moving to a different place, trying to keep me from cleaning it, basically. She would, like, set her chin on... Sorry, well, as you say, I think it was at that point that uh, we, we made the connection with uh, someone who was a hoarder. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like right. don't take this away from me. <laughs> She's, like, getting super yeah. nervous, like, yeah. shaking. Yeah. She would, like, set her chin on it. Like, if it was just a tiny little piece of shredded trash, she would put her chin on it. Like, you can't see it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing here. I'm just, just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. And then after a while, she went under the bed and, like, laid down on her side on top of her trash. And Josh was, like, crawling under there trying to get it, like, out from under her and stuff. Um, have you guys considered, like, maybe, uh, you know, some, some like, but, you know how, uh, like, when... I think she's over it now. She's over it now? You don't think it's going to start back up, like, as soon as you get, like, go to your new your new place? Oh, no, I, that's not what I meant. I meant that she doesn't seem to be sad about not having it anymore. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's I was not gonna... to say she won't start a new nest immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a, a suggestion for like how to how to stop this behavior in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Have you are you guys aware of like you know when kids are afraid of like the dark um, because they think there's like a monster in the closet or a monster under the bed, mm-hmm. and then like as a as a parent, um, you you know you have to tell them that it's okay that it's safe. Um, my, my suggestion is to convince Rory that there's a monster under the bed, sort of like the opposite of what you would tell a child. Um, maybe, like, is there something that she's really afraid of? Water. (laughs) She's really afraid of water. So just put like maybe a sprinkler or something under the bed. This this is going to require, this is going to require a little bit of like engineering because you don't want to, you don't want your house to become flooded, right? Uh, but maybe like, uh, put your bed on some stilts and then put like, um, put like a, uh, like a baby pool under there, um, and just fill it with water and then put one of those little like water feature fountains inside of it. Uh, yeah, that sounds she, pretty good. Yeah. It'll be really safe when you guys have your baby too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like my thinking about it is like, I don't like that she hoards trash. But I like that she has a place to go where she feels like it's her own little place. Uh-huh. And, like, she really like she likes to be in small, confined places. Like, by choice. Not if you put her there. But, like, she sleeps either in the closet or under the bed, usually. And, uh, and the, the guest bedroom, like, the, um, the, uh, the little layer of material on the bottom of the box spring is, like, not fully attached anymore, so it almost, like, drapes closed. <laughs> like, it almost, like, covers the space from the bottom of the bed to the floor. Uh-huh. And so it's, like, her little hideout, and it's, like, dark in there, and I'm sure it's quiet in there, and she feels safe. So, like, I want her to, like, have that place to go to if she wants to. But I wish she didn't bring trash in there. trash. <laughs> If there was if there was some way to prevent her from from bringing all the all the disgusting trash, um, yeah, and it's like otherwise we would just put like bins and like other storage things under there just to keep her from going. But um, 
but I want her to be able to go there if she wants to. <laughs> this is she's kind of like a dragon if you think about it. Um, <laughs> like that's like her her lair, uh, and she uh-huh. like leaves like little like carcasses of the things that she's conquered, <laughs> sort of like near the entrance, but like towards the middle, she has like all of her treasure, like all of her little ketchup packages. Right. Um, except that you know she doesn't she doesn't breathe fire or try to eat you when you clean it all out. No. But she has like three different places. Like she has that yeah. place under the bed, and then right, um, and then she has under our bed, um, and then she also has our closet. And like those are all places that she can go and like sleep or whatever. Um, but she keeps those. She keeps our bed and our closet clean. She only takes her crap under the guest bed. <laughs> it's really weird. Maybe you could, um, like, in your in your new house, uh, find out where she wants to go and and hide all of all of her garbage, and just make that a trash can, <laughs> so that she'll just like she's bringing the trash to the trash can, <laughs> and then like she'll have her other places where where you're okay with her like sleeping or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you would turn turn her favorite spot into a trash can. She probably wouldn't like it anymore if you put... Well, she'd probably like it a lot more if you if you put your trash there. Actually. <laughs> like we're giving it to her. Right. <laughs> but it's funny because we cleaned, uh, we cleaned that bedroom, um, like vacuumed it, dusted it, everything. And uh, now when she goes in there, she just sleeps on top of the bed. Like, I woke up this morning to her barking, and normally she's in our room barking at us to wake us up. So uh-huh. I thought something was wrong because I was like, where is she barking from? And I, w- I went into the guest bedroom and she's just like laying across the bed like, this is great. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> if we kept the bed like all cleaned off and the room clean, she might actually not feel like she had to hide with all the trash. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's probably enough talking about uh, how weird your dog is. Um <laughs> And, like, the weird, like, psychological and emotional problems that you guys have given her. <laughs> Do you guys feel like it's your fault? Uh, Do you think it's my fault? <laughs> no. I don't think so. Did she do that when she lived with you? Well, she used to get, like, she went under the bed a lot um, when she lived with us. Um, and Lauren let her... Uh, eat her socks, or not eat, <laughs> yeah. eat her socks, but at least take her socks. So I, I right. think that the hoarding may have started when <laughs> when Rory lived with us. Maybe she doesn't. Um... Can you hear Josh? I can't hear him. No, I can't. I think he's. Oh, Josh, yeah. have you been trying to talk this whole time? Yeah, I could hear him in the background. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, yes, now, I think now we do blame you then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I still can't hear you, and I'm going to cut all that part out. <laughs> uh, I hear... Now I hear something weird happening in the yeah, background. Yeah, I do too. Something weird happening? Like yeah. uh, like a laser printer, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing office work in there, Josh? Uh, huh. Maybe I got too close to my computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just printing some stuff. 
<laughs> it's like one of those like old like line feed printers. You just hear this like uh I'm gonna cut that part out because that was probably a really annoying noise I made. Um okay, well let's uh let's go ahead and end this segment because we're kinda running long and I know that um, So can you can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> because <laughs> because I was trying to end the segment and then you interrupted me. So can you hear me, Josh? I can, but I don't know how <laughs> Okay. Okay, well, I I'm going to end the segment. The segment is over. Um, we're going to take a break. This is Taekwondo the Shame Chronicles. We'll be right back and we're going to fix whatever weird issue is happening uh with with Skype. So, <laughs> uh we'll be right back. Alright, welcome back. Um, I didn't mean to play that uh, whole part of that song. <laughs> um, but then I, I forgot to pause it after the first part. So, uh, guys, we have um, we have this thing where we try to open up uh, to, the, to the listening audience sort of um, listener input to the show. And I think a couple of episodes back, Melanie, you suggested that people could call in or write in and tell us their embarrassing stories. Mm-hmm. Or um, just talk about something embarrassing that maybe happened to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, um, even though we claimed or we, we told everybody that we would anonymize their names so that nobody would know, uh, you know, that it was them who had this embarrassing thing happening to them. Um, nobody has written in, <laughs> right. uh, but I still think that that was a good idea for the show. And so I want, uh, I want to have a segment where we talk about, um, embarrassing things that happen to people. Uh-huh. So I went to Yahoo Answers <laughs> and, and I just typed in embarrassed and the search. <laughs> So this first one, uh, this first Yahoo answer question seems pretty easy. Um, these are all questions, so we could maybe also some, like just give some advice uh, okay. to some of these questions. But uh, so this first one comes in from Tim, who asks, "How do you dance without being totally embarrassed?" <laughs> uh, so I've so I've never been to a school dance because I'm just deathly afraid of dancing. I feel so awkward and embarrassed just thinking about it. How do you dance without being totally embarrassed? Uh, so, Tim, I think you, you came to the right place. Uh, well, you came to Yahoo Answers, but then now you're on a podcast as well. Um, the right place found you. Right. You, you've been incorporated into the right place. Um, so, I also am awkward and embarrassed thinking about dancing. But I feel like if you have the right mindset, uh, and that mindset is that everybody who's dancing is worried about how stupid they look, (laughs) 
that um, that maybe you'll have a little bit of luck with that. So just don't focus on yourself, um, but rather focus on everybody else, uh, and just just you know send your your embarrassing thoughts their way, and just make everybody <laughs> around you feel really embarrassed. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> you think that's good advice? <laughs> Well, I was going to say, well, it sounds like he's probably in high school, though, right? Uh, yeah, he says, well, yeah, he says, I've never been to a school dance, so okay. maybe? Okay, well, my suggestion wouldn't be appropriate then, but um, I was going to say it might help if you uh, drank a little, <laughs> because... <laughs> Because you'll probably look just as stupid, but you won't feel as stupid. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's let's assume that he's of legal drinking age. Uh-huh. And so his embarrassment is less about the dancing, but more about going to a school dance, like, in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's really, he's not so much embarrassed about the dancing as, as dancing in front of a bunch of kids. Uh, maybe Tim, he shouldn't be dancing. Yeah, in Tim. Front of kids. Tim, my my suggestion is don't don't become like in your mid thirties, um, and then go back to school because you've never been to a dance before, <laughs> and and try to live out that fantasy. That's totally creepy. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That you would should. Be my advice. Yeah, you should be embarrassed about that. <laughs> It's like, um, uh, how, how do I not be embarrassed about luring children into my van with candy? <laughs> I, people give me the weirdest looks. I hate it. How could I be more confident about what? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're not a 35-year-old. Maybe you are in high school. Or maybe this guy's in middle school. Do you remember going to, to dances while you were in middle school? Yeah. That was awkward. But the thing with those is guys didn't dance at those. See, the problem here is that he's never been to a school dance, so he doesn't know that the boys don't dance at junior high dances. Right. They, like, laugh with their friends and play tag and stand against the wall. Right, yeah. Because at that time, it's weird to, like, dance with a girl. Well, they're also shorter than most of the girls then, too, so... That's why it's weird. It's part of why it's weird. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of reasons, but it's weird. <laughs> um, I, I mean, for me, there wasn't a huge difference between um, between middle school dances and high school dances because I don't dance. <laughs> um, I have danced before, um, and I have danced uh, totally sober before because I didn't start drinking <laughs> until I got into college. Right. Um, uh, and it was always it was always really awkward to get started, but once you get started, uh, it's fine. Right. And nobody nobody's gonna look at you to see if you're messing up. So that right. advice that I gave you to look at other people and see if they're messing <laughs> up, don't don't do that because that's like um, that's like uh, it's self defeating, right? If everybody was doing that, nobody would dance. Right. And everybody knows that you have to dance. There's it's part of um it's part of like human evolution. <laughs> dancing it's like a weird i mean if you think about it it's like uh it's like somebody took whatever our normal mating ritual was and turned it into 
uh, like moving your body around to, to rhythmic music. Right. <laughs> so think about that while you're in middle school. <laughs> about how all you're <laughs> doing mating? is like an, an elaborate mating dance. <laughs> And then try to try to explain that to the girls that you want to dance with also. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we, we did a pretty good job of answering that question. So um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, actually, can you guys talk for a minute? I need to find this. <laughs> sure. Josh, did you go to uh, high school dances? I didn't really go to high school dances. I went to junior high dances because uh-huh. I was on uh, student council when we had to go. Oh. Because that's what student council did in junior high. We, we, we they put just on dances. put on dances. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what mostly what they did in high school too. When I was in student council. Um. Okay, I found it. But yeah, before we get off the topic of dances, um. I've only been to maybe three dances in high school. Maybe uh-huh. two dances. So the first one I went to in high school was the Sadie Hawkins dance um, that I went to at Bryan High with uh, Amy... Do you remember Amy's last name? Amy Allen. Amy Allen. Uh, wow, I feel bad that I forgot her last name. <laughs> um, she, uh, somehow we ended up dating. We ended up going out uh and I don't remember how it happened because I don't, I never asked her and she never asked me. I think <laughs> right. it was a, it was a situation where like friends asked each other if we wanted to go out and then we said yes. And then I don't think I ever talked to her very much. <laughs> um, and then she, I feel really bad about this. She like, uh, she went kind of all out on the, you know how in Sadie oh, Hawkins you do like a corsage thing? Yeah. Is it a corsage? Basically it's, it's a, a mum. Yeah. So it's a, it was this giant thing that was like, covered with like candy and like those little uh, popper things that you have for like um new year's uh-huh. uh yeah um and it was like it was it was really awesome um uh but at that time at that time in my life i was not like boyfriend material um <laughs> in that i had no idea uh really how to talk to girls <laughs> or um or to like reciprocate nice things to people, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but but somehow we ended up um, going to the going to this dance at Brian High, and I don't really remember anything about it. Just that I think we probably danced together. Um, you know that that sort of you know that thing where you don't know how to dance and so you just kind of sway back and forth with like yeah. your hands on each other's hips or whatever. Yeah, that was what we did. Sure. Um, and then the other dance I remember was uh, was senior prom, but I don't think so I that's went two. Yeah, so maybe there were only two. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know, Amy, if you're listening, I'm sorry <laughs> that you dated me uh, at that time because I was I was pretty much like the worst. The worst boyfriend possible. Not the worst well, boyfriend possible. I didn't like beat her up or anything. <laughs> well, I just, you were, like, I just 14. mostly, yeah. Well, still, I basically mostly ignored her because I didn't know what to do uh, with a girl. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Okay, so let's move on from the dancing question. Um. Here's uh, here's one from Jen A, and she says. 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's racist. That's not Is really that racist. racist? <laughs> um, okay, so here's the question. Can my boyfriend wear pantyhose without being embarrassed? Uh, my boyfriend likes to wear pantyhose under his pants. They keep him warm on cold days, and he likes the feeling. Can he wear it without being embarrassed? What color should he wear under his jeans? <laughs> Wait, shouldn't she just ask her boyfriend if he's embarrassed when he wears pantyhose? <laughs> it sounds like he's not embarrassed because he's doing it, so. <laughs> yeah. I think what she's asking is, can I not be embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there are plenty of reasons for guys to wear pantyhose. Um, You've worn them. Yeah, I've worn them. I'm not a. I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, and really, uh, I, I mean, I can explain why I wore them, but really, you could wear them for any reason. Um, you could wear them for because they're fashionable. You could wear them because you like the way they feel. Uh, you could wear them because you shaved your legs and you need extra drag while you're practicing swimming. Um, yeah. So those are those are at least three reasons. Um, now, obviously, I mean, society has made a lot of strides uh, recently about um, sort of cross-dressing or uh, you know alternative lifestyles. Basically, anything that's not like the norm that like normal mm-hmm. guys do. And there's still like a little bit of a stigma with that, but. Um, but yeah, if if he's fine with it and and you're fine with it, Gen A, um, then there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. And as for the color, I don't think it matters if he's just wearing him under his jeans. Right. I mean, maybe this question is more about you know like uh, how they say you should always wear clean underwear because you might get in an accident and then have to go to the hospital. Right. And then they yeah. pull down your pants and they look at your underwear and they're like, oh my god, you're wearing dirty underwear. So maybe it's maybe it's that kind of thing. Like who would wear sheer pantyhose under jeans? Is yeah. that is that a thing? Is sheer a color of pantyhose? Sure. Well, maybe he should just get some jeggings. Well, I feel like a lot of it has I feel like a lot of it has to do with him being cold. Yeah. So maybe he wants the layering. Yeah, but pantyhose... or maybe maybe he doesn't like the way that the blue jeans feel against his legs and he wants something between them right well if i were him i would probably just wear black pantyhose why is that because it wouldn't look like like the uh the nude ones and the sheer like colored ones they look more like regular pantyhose i mean i guess if he doesn't want people to know he's wearing them like if his pant legs ride up or something around his ankles and he's not wearing socks or something, then maybe nude-colored ones would, would, like, not be noticeable, but I would wear black ones. I would say uh, wear white ones, because then you wouldn't have to wear socks. <laughs> and they would match with your uh, with your blue jeans. <laughs> I mean, it's does like... he wear underwear, too? Because maybe he doesn't wear underwear. Maybe he likes the feel of, like pantyhose all down his legs and butt and and man parts yes is what you're saying is where you're going well with yeah this. although maybe, i don't think it would be very comfortable for a dude 
Well, I don't want to ask you why you don't think pantyhose <laughs> against man parts would be comfortable. But where are you? Where are you coming from with this question? Why? <laughs> I'm I'm I don't want to know the answer, but I have to know the answer. Well, I mean, maybe he just like maybe they're so light and thin. Maybe he doesn't like to wear underwear, and he doesn't like that the jeans would otherwise be like touching him. So he wears the pantyhose. Why? Okay, so do you think he doesn't like wearing underwear because it's like too constrictive? Or what, maybe, maybe what are the it's, reasons? Like, too thick. Oh. Well, I mean, I feel like he could he could find some underwear that's not like thick underwear. Yeah. But I mean, pantyhose are like incredibly thin. Let's well, Maybe he's a never nude. <laughs> Maybe. Or he always has to be wearing something. Except yeah. this is like it sort of extends to like his entire legs. Like I wonder if he also wears like long underwear um like on his arms. And he wears like uh he wears like a hoodie. And like a Jason mask, and and he murders people. <laughs> and then maybe well, maybe he's really practicing for when he like makes uh, makes a people skin out of his victims. Ew. Right? Yeah. He should right, be yeah. embarrassed about that. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, can I can I just mention that when I had to buy pantyhose, that it was like a pretty embarrassing thing uh, <laughs> because like in. In uh, like in middle school and high school, you you don't really want to stand out from the crowd. I mean, it helped a lot that there were other guys on the swim team that were that had to wear the pantyhose too. But at the time, that was really embarrassing for me. Yeah. yeah Although not a, not super embarrassing. At least you had a you had a good reason that that wasn't embarrassing at all. Yeah, I had a, I had a reason that was more accepted by. Yeah by that age group of kids other sure. than like I'm other than like being gay or a crossdresser or something something that would that would, is not as accepted right um okay do you guys think we answered this question good enough <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, don't so. don't be embarrassed to wear pantyhose but do be embarrassed if you are a serial killer with a jason mask <laughs> i think i think everyone can agree on that Okay, uh-huh. so uh, here's the last uh, the last Yahoo Answers question, and this is kind of a long one, and it talks a little bit about something that we talked about last week, so bear with me while I read through this. Okay, um, okay so the subject line, actually, before I get started, this is from somebody named Free Vine, sorry, Free Vineyards, um, and his question is, really weird dream with a bleeding tree, what does it mean? Um, and he goes on to say, I've been trying to figure out what this dream means and it has been driving me crazy. In real life, I flew halfway across the country to visit a college I was skeptical about even getting into. I felt a lot of anxiety and shame for putting a lot of effort into visiting the school, but not enough effort into getting into college. I feel like this might have something to do with the dream. So right (laughs) off the bat, he, he feels a little bit of shame for for visiting this college, even though he doesn't think he's put in enough effort to actually go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then he says, In the dream, I'm talking to some girl I don't even know, and I'm looking for something. I don't know what it is. All I know is that I'm looking for something. I notice a tree behind her, and I realize that the thing must be in the tree. As I walk over towards the tree, I have a feeling of deja vu, 
I knew exactly what to do as though I've done it before. And then in parentheses he says, I can't think of anything in my waking life that is <laughs> that is at all similar to what happens, though. <laughs> he says, I feel the tree, and in the middle of the bark there is a soft, fleshy part with a zit on it. I pop the zit, and the tree starts bleeding extremely heavily. It's just a tree, so it doesn't hurt or anything. I don't feel any rush of panic due to the blood. Uh, at this point, I notice that there is a crowd of strangers watching me, uh, watching me in the tree. I make the tree's wound bigger, reach inside, and pull out a book and a DVD. <laughs> I know that this this story is uh, uh, is uh, is pretty crazy so far, but it gets even crazier. The book is Bartleby the Scrivener. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> a story about a depressed law copyist who gets depressed and apathetically refuses to do any work. And the DVD case is a movie adaptation of the book. <laughs> what a boring movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird is the cover. It shows a silhouette raising his arms in triumph with a sunrise behind him, not fitting into the plot of the book at all. The DVD case <laughs> is the same as the book cover. Uh, then he says in parentheses, the sunrise might have been an explosion. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I hold the book and the DVD up to the crowd of people, and they applaud me. <laughs> what the hell? Interpreting dreams is a hobby of mine, but I can't figure this one out. Um, okay, so that's the end of the question. Okay, hold on. So uh, I think I lost you for a couple seconds after you said he felt the tree. Uh-huh. And then before there was a crowd watching him and he made the wound bigger, <laughs> I, I missed something in there. Oh, okay. You must have missed the part where it says, <laughs> um, period, I made the tree's wound bigger. <laughs> he, he says, at this point, I noticed that there is a crowd of strangers watching me and the tree. <laughs> I, make, I make the tree's wound bigger. So you must have missed the period after tree and before I make the tree's wound bigger. Is that what you're talking about? Well, wait. <laughs> did he mention a wound before? He says, okay, so in the in the paragraph right before this, he says, I feel the tree, and in the middle of the bark, there is a soft, fleshy part with a zit on it. With a zid? A zit. Like a pimple. Oh. Oh, okay. You know, like, you know, like, like a tree zit. So, <laughs> sure. So then he says, I pop the zit... And the tree starts bleeding extremely heavily. Ew. Oh, so you Gross. missed that part. Yeah, I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you just like tuning that part out? No, you cut out for like three seconds. Yeah, and I, I didn't think hear I missed that part too. And then, oh. I, and then all I heard was, I made the tree, I make the tree's wound bigger. And I was like, when did the tree get a wound? <laughs> okay, so long story short, the tree has a zit on it. He pops it. Uh-huh. Then it starts bleeding out of the, out of the zit hole. Um, and then, and then he notices a crowd of strangers watching him and the tree. Then he makes the tree's wound bigger, and then he reaches inside and pulls out a book of Bartleby the Scrivener. Okay. All right. I'm all caught up now. That's disgusting. (laughs) So, what do you guys think that dream means? Uh... First of all, do you think this guy listened to last week's episode where we talked about Bartleby? <laughs> um, I That's doubt it. it <laughs> well, I mean, it says it says that this question was asked nine months ago. Ah. Um, 
But it's possible. Maybe he went to the future. Maybe. Um, and listened to our podcast and then went back in time and then had a dream and then didn't mention the podcast at all. How far away is the school he said that he was ashamed that he hadn't put in enough effort to get into? Uh, he said it was about as far away as um, the tree wound was wide. <laughs> no, no, was it in another <laughs> country or was no, it? In... He says he says he flew halfway across the country. All right, uh, sorry about that, folks. We were experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back, and uh, we were talking about this weird bleeding tree dream that this guy had, Melanie. And I, I think, I think your question was how far away the college was. Yeah. And he he mentioned it was halfway across the country. Oh, okay. All right. Which country? <laughs> um, good question. He doesn't actually say where he lives. Um. But I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's the U.S. Okay. Well, for some reason I was thinking that he was going to another country. I guess I just heard country, and I thought, why would you like travel to another country to visit a school you probably won't get into? But that answers that question. So. <laughs> right. Um. So I don't know. Do you guys have any any interpretations for what this dream could mean? Well, it sounds like what he's worried about is being underprepared for college. <laughs> um, and I think that the dream is telling him that the solution to that is Bartleby the Scrivener. <laughs> right, that that's like the thing that he's going to get stuck doing. Yeah, it's, but it's not going to be easy for him to do it because he's going to have to pop a tree zit and then <laughs> dig into that wound. So th- there is a little bit of like a triumph aspect to this, yeah. where he, he pulls the book and the DVD out of the tree, and then holds them up, and then the crowd applauds him. Right, right. Yeah, and on the book cover, the uh, silhouette is like holding up its arms in triumph, right? Right. <clears throat> right, yeah. So he like <laughs> so did the same thing. <laughs> right. He's doing whatever the person on the book cover is doing. <laughs> right. Which is... Like, if he is supposed to be the person on the book cover, which is Bartleby, then it's like, yay, you're celebrating a life of apathy and not wanting to do your job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it means that he did not understand the short story at all. <laughs> maybe. He does say, um, he does say that the cover is weird because it shows the silhouette raising his arms in triumph with the sunrise behind him. And then he says that doesn't fit in with the plot of the book at all. Right. Unless the sunrise is, in fact, an explosion. Well, maybe, okay, maybe, because he said that he didn't feel like he was well prepared for to go to college. Uh-huh. Maybe in his dream, maybe his mind is telling him, well, look at Bartleby. He worked every day and hated his life and never got anything from it. And you didn't do anything. You didn't slave away and work hard. And you can still be triumphant. But you're probably not going to get into the school. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe the trees it and him like digging into it and stuff is just a representation of his shame. Yeah, maybe. Because it's disgusting. And in his shame is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, the thing, the shameful stuff that he's hiding is disgusting. Or it's disgusting to get to it, right? 
Yeah. Um, because you you have well, to you have to pop a zit and then you have to open the wound bigger and then there's people watching you. Right. Um, and then, and then for whatever reason, you also have, uh, you you have a book that sort of. It seems like maybe that book isn't something that you should make high school seniors read. <laughs> um, other than maybe as a motivational factor of like, don't don't be this guy. Yeah. Well, isn't like popping a zit or like an abscess or whatever? I mean, that's about like cleansing. So maybe like, maybe his mind is telling him, like, yeah, you haven't really worked that hard, and uh, maybe he's been like afraid of like how he he's not going to get into a college because of that, and like and whatever else. But he just needs to face it. And so if he faces it, then he's, like, popping the zit, and then he can get good resources after he does that. So it's, like, like cleansing. Yeah, like, maybe he's, like, tr- maybe this dream is trying to tell him to, like, turn over a new a new leaf. Right. And like, just, like, own up to, own up to like, your actions and then move on. Right. Like, don't, don't be apathetic anymore, otherwise good things won't happen to you. Right. You need to, you need to reach into that, <laughs> you need to reach into that giant tree bloods it and pull out your apathy. <laughs> That's so gross. Uh, okay, can I can I guys can I tell you guys something about how I found this weird Yahoo Answers dream? Sure. I searched in, on Yahoo Answers for shame. No, sorry. Let me back up. I searched for Bartleby shame. <laughs> And somehow it found this uh, <laughs> this answer. That's pretty great. <laughs> yep. Um, I searched for Bartleby embarrassed, and nothing came up. <laughs> well, that's surprising. <laughs> uh, one of the answers for this question uh-huh. says, uh, I have a book of dreams. It's of Islam. I dreamed I'm dying, and someone cutting me. That means meaning of my death, and a bleeding tree means that you're going to be good guy helping. And if it has fruits, it means that you're kids, and then it has an emoticon. Uh, what? Uh, also, <laughs> also, this person spelled fruits, F-R-O-O-T-S. <laughs> like Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how they spell fruit and Fruit Loops? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's oh. pretty fantastic. Have you yeah. guys? Have you guys ever... Um, like, gotten some lemon juice on your fingers and then eaten, like, a cracker? No. Never. It tastes <laughs> like Fruit Loops. Really? <laughs> or it it always reminds me of, of eating Fruit Loops. Huh. Which is really Fru- weird. Fruit Loops does have a very uh, strong scent. And lots of things in my... Not everyday life, but but, like, occasionally... Like occasionally, I get that scent of Fruit Loops. Right. It's Isn't probably when you it's probably when you have lemon juice on your hand, and you're eating a cracker. <laughs> you just you just hadn't realized it till now uh, until I blew your mind. Yeah, you just thought you were eating Fruit Loops the whole time. <laughs> right. You know what's gross about Fruit Loops? Um, I mean, I guess they put so much sugar in it that it's fine. But could you mm-hmm. imagine eating something? Like eating like a real lemon slice in a bowl of milk. 
Or I like mean, a, the... a grape in a bowl of milk. Right. Well, no I don't way. like milk in my cereal, so... Uh, so, no. Yeah, but that's a particular weirdness for you. Yeah, I would say that that's... that's most people like milk in their cereal. Some people put orange juice in their cereal. Or apple that's juice. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. I, I know. Well, which one is it, though? Or do people do both? I would, I've never I would, heard of either. If, if I were to guess, I would say apple juice, because most cereal is sweet, and sweet okay. stuff doesn't go well with orange juice. That's true. Yeah. Or like people who eat like Apple Jacks. They might put apple juice in their Apple Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> that's like apple overload. <laughs> I think that's something people do. I bet you somebody listening here has seen someone do that, or they've done it themselves. I've heard of uh, like pouring beer into your cereal. Gross. Um, you know, like if you're if you're in college and you're like binge drinking every day, <laughs> and you need it in your cereal too. Uh huh. I hear that, uh, you know how, like, when you have a hangover, you're supposed to, like, drink whatever you drank the night before? Does that actually work? I have no idea. Because when (laughs) I have a hangover, the last thing I want to do is drink more of what I had last night. Right. What it does is, um, gives you a little bit of a buzz, and so you don't, um, feel as bad about how bad you feel. (laughs) So it doesn't doesn't really help. We actually talked about this the other day that the, uh, hair of the dog, and Melanie was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, wait, is that that phrase is about becoming a werewolf, right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the origin of it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, no, I'm being I'm being somewhat serious here. <laughs> what is what is the etymology of that phrase? Uh, I don't actually know. Like, because I mean, just like having having some hair from the dog that bit you doesn't help you in any way. Unless you're mixing that into a potion to cure, um, Being, you know, yeah. werewolfism. What do they call that? It's not werewolfism. It's like, um, lycanthropy. Like, yeah, lycanthropy. Is that right? Is that a real thing? What is that? Yeah, lycanthropy is a real thing. You know, like, how sometimes, like, on a full moon, a dog will bite you, and then, like, the next full moon, <laughs> you turn into a dog? <laughs> you fam- you're familiar with that process? And, like, in real life? How you how you prevent yourself from becoming uh, a werewolf is on the next full moon you have to get hair. Doesn't it actually doesn't have to be from the werewolf that bit you? It could be from any dog. Um, but you you have to get that hair and then you just you just eat the hair. It just just like a handful of hair and that'll clear it up. I do this I do this every full moon just in case. <laughs> oh, this is weird. <laughs> Uh, okay, well that's um, that's enough of this segment. Uh, the the Yahoo answers for embarrassing questions in questions in questions embarrassing questions segment. Um, <laughs> if you guys have an embarrassing question or an embarrassing story, uh, you can call us. The number is um, what is it nine one four forty shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have a we have a website too. It's shamechronicles.com. Uh, com. Maybe uh, maybe I'll make some changes to the website to like where people can submit their own story. Um, at, some, at some point, I will do that because I think that's a good idea. Even if even if no one will ever write in, uh, <laughs> but you can also send us uh, send us an email to 
uh, shamechronicles at gmail.com. Um, but let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, you're listening to Taekwondo and the Shame Chronicles. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, um, guys. We have a. We always we always try to close out the show um, by getting uh, listener feedback. Um, you know, playing voicemails, reading emails, any kind of mail really. If somebody sent me <laughs> snail mail, I'd read it. Um, <laughs> if there was like a mail stripper, he would be on the podcast. Um, hate mail. Hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, hate mail, we'd read that. Flame mail. Is flame mail? Flame mail's not a thing. Flame war. If, if we were, if we were in the middle of a flame war, I would, I would read all of that to you. Um, so, uh, say that again. Female. Uh, no, we don't, we don't allow females on the show. What? Uh, That's, you're, you're talking about, um, you're talking about, uh, that movie, The Iron Lady. Um, it's, you know, fee is iron, and then, and then mail. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You were impressed with how my mind worked on that one, though, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, okay, we didn't get any emails from anyone, however, we did get a voicemail. Um, and can you guys guess who it was from? Steven. Just okay, yeah. Well, I was gonna say take a wild guess, but you guessed it before I could could ask that. So, um, uh, yeah, Stephen, our number one listener, um, <laughs> number one uh, audience participation. Uh, I'm gonna say expert. He's a participation expert at this point. <laughs> um, also, he, a uh, contest winner. Right. Oh crap. <laughs> All right. We're gonna, I wasn't okay. gonna bring it up. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, here's an impromptu Kyle apologizes segment. Um, so impromptu is that? Yeah. It was it was prompted. <laughs> yeah, it was prompted. So um, we weren't planning on it. We weren't planning on it. That's the point. Um, so I need to apologize to all of the haiku contest entrants, entriers, enters, um, huh. because. Uh, I told you that I was going to send you all of this, all the fabulous prizes. I want to say that was like five episodes ago. <laughs> and what happened is um, I got busy for like two days. And if I don't think about something for two days, I forget for six weeks. <laughs> that's, that's why all of the, um, that's why all of the, uh, the registration and all that stuff is not up to date on my car for a year. It's out of date by a year. Because when I try to go find the uh, the DMV and I can't find it, and I try to go, I try to do that two days in a row and I can't do it, then I just forget about it. Um, also, the the haiku f- or poetry for dummies book that I bought um, has been. I just discovered it this morning. It was under a pile of clothes on my dresser, <laughs> um, and so I couldn't even see that to remind me. So I feel really bad about this. Uh, I apologize. I know I said that I would send this out. Um, at this point, I'm not entirely sure when it's going to get to you because I know that um, Melanie and Josh are moving soon. When are you guys moving? We are moving on June 5th. 
Um, but we will be moving to very near Becca and Steven, and we will see Mom like a week and a half after. Well, uh-huh. we'll see her when you see her if you go to the baby shower. So okay, maybe well, how- we could postpone this to June. Yeah, how about, yeah, I could just, I'll come to the baby shower, I'll bring all this stuff with me. We can do a regular, a regular transfer of property to you guys, (laughs) and you guys can sign all that stuff, write your haiku, um, and then instead of, instead of involving the United States Postal Service or FedEx, um, you know, instead of keeping the economy going, we'll just, (laughs) we'll just do it by hand. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, I, I am really sorry about not being on top of that. I don't really, I mean, I had an excuse, but it's not a good excuse, so. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but anyway, um, well, thank you for bringing the show down, Melanie. Um, first of all, that was me. That was my fault. Yeah, it was Josh. Oh, well, sorry. Every, every time something goes wrong, I just blame Melanie. (laughs) Um, so, so Josh, I mean, that was a, that was a good catch. So thanks. We would have missed it if it wasn't for you. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, let's play the, let's go ahead and play this voicemail because now I'm, now I'm just rambling. Hey guys, Steven again. Um, just wanted to share a little thing. I didn't want. Uh, we, I'm taking a break, um, from working on building Josh and Ella fence at the house. Um, they're helping. Um, and I was, all I could think the whole time is, I hope you guys like it because I, you know how I feel about my legs. And I've been using my legs like crazy. Um, <laughs> So I was hoping to ask that Mel or Josh would tell the story. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly what happened. This part of my memory wrong. I just remember Zach calling Melanie a racist. Uh, oh, God. I was hoping I'd get to hear that story. Uh, I hope you guys are having a good week. And this phone call has gotten awkwardly long because I'm not really saying anything. So um, I'm sharing my awkwardness with you guys. I guess that's fine. Bye. Okay, so so before you guys explain when Zach called Melanie a racist, I don't want to tell this story. Well, you might end up telling it, and then I might edit that part out if it's too bad. But before we get there, um, I I'm curious. Um, how you guys know what Steven feels about his legs. <laughs> I think that's a better story. It is a better story. <laughs> because it's at Steven's expense. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what you should know is that Steven hates his legs. He hates yeah. them? Well, do you want to tell the story? Because I wasn't actually there. I heard about it later. I wasn't there either. Oh, you weren't there either? No, it was just Zach and Steven. Um, there's really not a lot to tell. It was that I think Steven was, his legs were really tired or something like that. Like he was having some sort of leg pain. And, uh, he said in an elevator with Zach, I believe is what it was, uh, that he hated his legs. And there just happened to be someone behind him in a wheel in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so, uh, I think that's I think that's the story. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Well. Yeah, that would be that would be awkward. Uh, because I'm sure I'm sure that Stephen didn't mean it, as if to say, "Why do we have legs? Right. Nobody nobody would ever want their legs." <laughs> That's yeah. my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that story was actually a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. So, Melanie, now you have to tell your racist story. Okay. Well, I just want to make something very clear. That you're so... not a racist. That's what, that's something a racist would say. No, no, no. What I what I want to make clear is that when you're hanging out with Zach, he makes um, you say racist things. No. Well, so so Zach has a particular <laughs> sense of humor where he will say racist things sarcastically to make fun of people who are racist. Right. And so when you hang out with him, I know other people do this too, but he he seems to do it, or he did it fairly frequently when we were hanging out with him, and uh, and so sort of like keeping up with the joking, I I did this like the one time I think I've ever done it. Probably that's not true, but um, <laughs> but I said I said a joke, and was was saying it sarcastically. And then he called me a racist because of it. So what happened was he had said something about earlier in the day. He had, he had said something about how like the woodlands or somewhere has no black people. That it's all white people. Uh huh. And so then later in the day, we were walking uh, across campus to like leave or whatever. And um he said something about some sort of crime that had happened in the woodlands. And I said, oh, wait, I thought you said no black people lived there. <laughs> Which is a terrible thing to say, but I was just joking. And not joking in a racist way, but joking in a, in a let's make fun of racists kind of way. <laughs> like, I didn't mean it, obviously. Right. Um, but then rather than like him sort of playing off of it or anybody else we were walking with, uh, he said, Oh, that's so racist. And then a, a black girl was walking behind us and, and I don't know if she heard what I said, but it made me feel really bad. <laughs> um, was he joking when he called you a racist? Was that like yes. part of the joke? Well, he was joking, but he was trying to make me feel bad. And then he's the one who pointed out that there was a, a black girl behind us. Right. I think he was trying pretty successfully to make you feel bad. He was. <laughs> uh yeah, that's I mean that uh that sort of uh pretending to be sort of like it's almost like uh almost like a straw man argument where you sort of become something you sort of become a caricature of the thing that you're making fun of. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. And especially like it it's okay I think when you're like around your friends and everyone knows you're joking, unless you just say something like really bad, like there are certain words, like you would never say the N word regardless yeah. of if you were joking or not. You wouldn't, sure. at least I hope you wouldn't say the, the F word, the homosexual slur, right. the right. F word, because some words are just yeah. hurtful no matter what the context is. But yeah, I think like making a joke up to make fun of a group of bigots <laughs> um, is normally okay. Right, but it's when the stranger behind you doesn't know you're joking. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely there are. You can you can say something that in your group of friends is fine, but when 
there's somebody who's not in your group of friends who heard you say it, you just sound like a racist. Or you right. can't sound like a racist or, or a bigot or whatever. Right. And see, and even now, I'm like, well, it wasn't even a funny thing to say. Like, even if you're making fun of bigots, it's not even funny. Like, so I wouldn't even say it again, even if I thought the right people would understand what I was doing. But Right. Because it made me feel so bad. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Like, there's lots of stuff that I said in my uh, in my younger days, not even like super long ago, like even maybe like a year or two years ago, where um, I have said like insensitive things to people who know that I'm not like an insensitive person, but I still felt really bad about it. Sure. And or thinking back about it now, I feel really bad about it. So. Right. Um, so thanks a lot, Stephen, <laughs> bringing it up and making me feel bad. <laughs> Can I tell you about something similar that happened to me? Um, like uh, it was it was when I was working at uh, UCS in College Station, uh-huh. um, like my fourth year at Texas A&M. Um, so at the time, I wasn't very, I didn't really like Mormons very much. <laughs> or at least I thought their religion was stupid. Um, now, I, now I don't care what your religion is. Um, you can believe whatever you want, and it doesn't bother me. But at the time, I thought that I thought that Mormonism was like a really stupid thing to believe in. But if you think about it, every religion has a really stupid thing, uh, or st- a set of stupid things. Where um, you, it's fine to believe that stuff. But if you think about it logically, without the context of this was written by God or whatever, it sounds stupid. Right. So. Um, I was at uh, I was at work and I said something like, "Did you guys catch that episode of South Park where they talk about what Mormons actually believe?" <laughs> like, I can't believe anyone is so stupid to believe that. And then I found out later that the guy that was like works uh, like maybe 15 feet away from me, like on another <laughs> team, was Mormon. That's terrible. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I felt re- <laughs> really, really, really bad about it, and. And thinking back at it now, it's not something, even if I was, like, only with friends, I shouldn't have said it anyway. Because who cares what people believe? Right. Well, then this is why I don't like it when strangers come up and talk to me about politics and stuff. Right. Because they don't know what I believe or what I care about. Yeah. No, they can tell by looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I guess the point is, you should, if it's something like that and you feel bad, then maybe you've learned something from it. I certainly have learned from situations like that, and I usually don't repeat them. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, now the only religious group that I hate is um, uh, Scientology. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm mostly kidding. <laughs> I went to the Scientology Museum when I went to um, Hollywood one time. Oh, yeah? Did they talk yeah. about the time that they tried to steal uh, IRS documents from the U.S. government? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was then, mostly about... And L. Ron Hubbard's about... wife and, like, six high-ranking church members, like, went to prison for it? They didn't talk about that? No. I'm sorry, I'm doing it again. I, I should <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just had, like, a bunch of his personal belongings on display and a bunch of stuff about his sci-fi books. Right. Um, have you guys ever seen Battleship Earth? Battlefield Earth? Battleship Earth. <laughs> I think Who I've could make that it. mistake? Wait, um, is that the one with John Travolta with the really weird uh, facial hair? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the ones. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. Uh, no, I didn't see the movie. I read the books. I hear. I actually hear the book or books were okay, but the movie was just awful. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of like I don't actually know enough about Scientology to to make any comment on it, but from the little I do know, it really does feel like one of those where it's it feels a lot more like a scam than a religion. But I probably well, shouldn't comment on it either because I don't actually know. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about it either, and and a lot of it is is sort of secretive, like where they don't want you to know about it unless you're like in the church. So right, that's part of it. So, but yeah, still people believe it, and people are. People are free to believe whatever they want, um, even if even if you or I or you know somebody who believes in another religion thinks it's stupid. Um, but there was a there was a phase in my life where I was very very anti uh, Scientology. I think people are free to believe what they want until it means that they're marrying like um, teenage girls, like, <laughs> like twelve <laughs> right. and thirteen year old girls. You're, you're free oh to believe gosh. whatever you want if it doesn't if it doesn't infringe on other people's rights. Well, that's like or take okay. Of people like I love when they have those documentaries about cults on like National Geographic. Like, have you ever watched any of those? Hmm. Maybe. They're they're so weird and addictive. I watched this one about this this guy who ran a cult in like northern New Mexico. And, um, I don't remember his name, but a lot of people have probably heard of him, but, um, he and his son like ran this cult together and he was sort of like the leader and his son was sort of like his like right hand man and was like helping him and stuff. And his son was like an adult and, uh, the son married a woman, I think within the cult. And then his father said that he had been told by God that he had to sleep with his son's wife. That the father the son- had to? Yeah. yeah. And so he did. And like, and was like fully transparent about it and was like, God told me to do this. And the son, and they, they like had like the son on the camp, like on speaking on camera and other various people speaking on camera. And when the son got to that part, he was like, clearly, I mean, clearly upset about it. Like he loved his wife, right? And, uh, and, but he, like, also is, like, his, his father's, like, biggest defender. And so he was, like, <laughs> trying to, like, explain how it was okay that his father was, like, sleeping with his wife. It was really weird. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I don't want to get too far into, like, religion, but if you truly believe that God is talking to you or God is talking to somebody who you, you know, trust and believe, like, directly talking to them, you will do any crazy thing. Yeah, that's probably true. It's just weird that it almost always has something to do with sex. I know. It's always like, oh, virgins. I need 13 virgin wives. Or like, I need to sleep with my son's wife. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> uh, Yeah, it is. But I love those cult documentaries. They're awesome. Yeah, because it always, that- ends, in, it always ends like happily, right? Well, it usually always... ends in a court case. <laughs> it, it it never ends with like people drinking like cyanide punch, right? Like the Jonestown. Stuff. Yeah, it always it always or like with like a with a with a building burning down with like all the people inside of it. it never ends that way. 
Right. It's always a, it's always a happy ending. Well, this one, yeah, like Waco. Well, no, they're usually, yeah, they usually don't end horribly like (laughs) like that kind of stuff. No, but um, in this particular one, the father he like predicted the apocalypse, basically, or the rapture or whatever, and of course it didn't happen. And so they, but they kept filming, and basically it was like nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, and then the, the like narrator is like, well. Or maybe the guy was like actually there speaking to the camera, but he was like, well, doesn't seem anything's happening. And like the time had passed. And then, uh, and it was like the middle of the night. And then like all of these, all of the people in the cult just started like chanting and yelling and like skipping in the dark. And they go like skipping by the cameras. And then the explanation is like something like it was a different kind of rapture or something. <laughs> Yeah, they said that the uh the leader had been transformed. Right. Uh but apparently it was some sort of transformation you can't see. Right. Like like a transubstantiation kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, and so they were just like skipping around and like celebrating, but like on camera, obviously you couldn't see that anything had changed. So <laughs> right, so so it's like it wasn't like your your apocalyptic rapture. It was like it was like a happy rapture where nothing changes. Like the excitement is that the world doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. I think it, yeah. I think if everyone would would just live their life, you know, you wake up expecting the rapture, but then it doesn't happen. <laughs> I think everyone would be much happier. That might be true. Unless you were really counting on the rapture to like save your soul, yeah, or, or like if you went in, you know, you you went into massive debt because you expected the rapture the next day, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like if you like if you were to buy like billboards, right, <laughs> uh, that says like the rapture is coming, and you spend your life savings on it, yeah, yeah then you might not be so. Happy. Yeah, well, so okay, so so live your life as if the rapture is coming coming every day, but then it doesn't come, but don't spend any money on it right right so don't really live your life like the rapture is coming <laughs> just live your life like everything's normal like the earth is going to continue to exist for like a billion years yeah that's, good, that's good advice, advice. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i hope that answers your question steven <laughs> i don't i don't think he had a question um okay well uh i think that's probably going to do it for the show um Thank you, thank you, Stephen, for sending in another voicemail. Uh, we look forward to that every week, um, which is my way of telling you that you can't ever stop ever. Um, also, uh, if you guys want to call in, the voicemail number is nine one four forty shame. You can just dial that in. Um, wait until I say something really stupid, like something about being immortalized in podcasting history. I think is what I is what I set that up as. Um, Wait until I say all that stuff and then leave your message. It can be an embarrassing story. It could be something that happened to you that's maybe not embarrassing. Um, if you if you feel like it, you could send us a haiku. Uh, the contest is over, but you could still send it in if you want to. Um, or you can just call in to say hey. Or you could call in and, and make breathing noises. We don't really care. Um, you can also email us at shamechronicles... Well... I shouldn't say at because at is in the email address. You can email at you can email us. The address is shamechronicles at gmail.com. Uh, we have a website, it's shamechronicles.com. That's probably where you have been listening to the show. 
But if you haven't ever noticed before, at the upper right-hand corner, we have contact information. So just, you know, click the email link. It'll open up your your email program um, with the right address to send us mail. Um, phone number's there, too. So uh, send us your stories. Send us your, your calls, and uh, we'll play them on the show. Uh, guys, do you have anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap this up? No. I'm good. All right. Um, Philip Stephen Hoffman. That's all I'm going to say. Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't that what we came up with last time? Because yeah, we want, Because right. we want them both to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>